Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Peace be upon you all. If I speak at this volume, can you hear me? Okay, perfect. So, so my assignment is to speak about building community resiliency. And first, just to give you a little bit of background of myself, I mentioned that I'm a Muslim chaplain at Loyola. I also teach in the Department of Theology. In terms of community work in Chicago, uh, I've been active for at least 20 to 25 years at literally all, level, all levels up and down. When I graduated from college, Dr. Case Ravine was my, was my first boss. He looks exactly the same as he did 20 years ago. <laughs> in any case, uh, uh, to give you a little bit more background, uh, when we speak about this issue of countering violent extremism, uh, I have a few ex personal experiences. Uh, there have been a few young people who've been arrested over the past few years that Dr. Caserly mentioned. I've spoken with them in prison. I've spoken with their families, and I've even worked on re-educating them after they've gotten arrested. In addition to that, I had a student of mine who grew up in, in Long Island in North Carolina who I watched transform from a nerdy little kid to someone who would self-identify as a radical. And then, a few years ago, he was killed in a drone strike with Anwar al-Awlaki. This is a name some of you might be familiar with. Uh, Samir Khan was killed along with him. So I know this, I'm very familiar with this uh, firsthand. Having said that, I'll still say with full respect for all the work that we do that I still believe that this issue is overplayed in terms of the seriousness, especially in compared to, for example, the Klan in Orland Park, where my father lives, where the Klan, or members of the Klan, allegedly shot at the mosque at the Orland Park Prayer Center, and that same afternoon at Michael's uh, department store, the car, uh, the car uh, windshields were covered with uh, Klan flyers. Having said that, I'm obviously part of this project and committed and investment in, uh, invested in this project, and my focus is on the education side. Three key principles. Number one, Islamic integrity. And I'll explain each of these in just a moment. Number two, relevance and empowerment. And then number three, service, civic engagement, and leadership. So those are the core principles that are, that are informing the entire project of, of this Islam 101 project. And think of it as a sort of re-education. Many of the young people in our community have gone through weekend Islamic schools. Some have gone through full-time Islamic schools. Some are educated in their homes. Many are educated on YouTube. But starting with the issue of, of Islamic integrity, you're going to see verses, 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 verses here. The left side is what we need to work on. The right side is what you find in groups like ISIS. This is what you find in the, the militant groups, the radical groups. So one issue of having something in an educational system that is uh, full of Islamic integrity, number one, it has to be God-centric. Right? That's the whole foundation of Islam at a theological perspective, even though I appreciate your point that this is ideological as opposed to theological. Uh, number two, focus on the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Number three, focus on salvation. Number four, focus on community and actually deriving knowledge from within the Islamic tradition. What do we find on the other side? Instead of something being God-centric, it is Islam nationalist-centric. And what does that mean? What you find in the rhetoric of ISIS, and I'm speaking as someone who's read almost all of their literature, including their communiques, that the focus is that we are the defenders of the Muslim world, that the oppressors of the West, the United States, are out to destroy us, out to exploit us, out to take our resources. We are the ones who are, who are saving the world. And it is the obligation of every Muslim to be loyal to Muslims. And so I hope you can appreciate that their focus is on Islam as a tribe as opposed to focusing on, on the creator. The second point, on the prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him, think of two approaches through which people access the prophet. One is to focus on him as a person, 
as the messenger of God and to emulate his practice. On the other side, it is to take his narrations, which, which give us a sense of who he was, what he was, but the problem of focusing on the Hadith narrations, the teachings attributed to him, is that if you are not trained in approaching them, you're going to be essentially haphazard in interpreting texts. In academia, we call these people fundamentalists, different than how we do in popular culture. What is a fundamentalist in academia? Someone who's approaching scripture without any knowledge of the tradition and just imposing uh, meaning upon it. Because if you look at ISIS's discourse, they quote the prophet, peace be upon him, all the time, but they're almost always quoting him incorrectly. The words are correct, the context is almost always incorrect. The second point, salvation versus triumphalism. Triumphalism is almost the same as Islamist nationalist rhetoric, which is the basic idea that our job as Muslims is to dominate, as opposed to our job as Muslims being the, the goal of seeking salvation within the mind. Two very, very, very different things that often use the same words, that to win the pleasure of God, we have to face him on the day of judgment and be ready for that, as opposed to to win the pleasure of God, we must eradicate all false ideologies, all man-made ideologies, whether we speak of popular sovereignty and, and democracy, and Im implement the governmental system. Well, the next point, community versus abstract loyalty. If you read through ISIS's marketing materials, their magazines and such, you find a lot of romanticism. You find a lot of ideas that are stuck in the imagination, as opposed to looking at the condition of the ground in front of you. Right. as opposed to looking at what are the needs of the people around you. And so here, the project of re-educating people in Islam is to focus on, and I'll touch on this more, community service, as opposed to living in this world of imagination. For example, there was one particular candidate who is now our president who would use the exact same type of language, right? Make America great again. That's a, that's a wonderful idea, but what does that actually mean in particular? And last, Islamic tradition versus shallow readings which is similar to the point that I made before. The Islamic tradition is a 1,400-year-old, very sophisticated tradition, a very complex tradition that you need to be trained in, as opposed to me just going on the internet and looking things up. What does the prophet, what does the Quran say about such and such? That would be the equivalent of me, not a physician, going to WebMD, inserting my, my symptoms, and then finding out what disease I have. And I've done that, and I've discovered I have every disease ever created. <laughs> Next point. Relevance. So <clears throat> here, once again, we're addressing the ground in front of you as opposed to abstract mythologies. Religion can be something that, as we all know, can provide the best of society, and we all know it can provide the worst of society. And one place where we often find a difference is how relevant is it to the ground in front of you? How much is it addressing what are the needs of your society or even your personal needs? in terms of navigating life. Like, in a very simple sense, what does religion provide? It provides you guidelines on how to get through life. As opposed to slogans. Islam is the way. Jesus is the way. So forth and so on. It's a nice line, but it doesn't give me anything. Right? It makes me feel good, but it doesn't give me anything practical. Next point, agency versus and responsibility versus heroic fantasy. Again, in the ISIS discourse, you will find all these narrations about martyrs who died with smiles on their faces and they smell of musk and they're waiting for us in paradise on the other side, as opposed to this is your responsibility as a person before the divine, before your society, your responsibility to yourself. Again, what is the theme that's built into all this? It's action as opposed to romanticism. Strength versus might. This might itself seem 
uh, abstract, but what the idea is here is the prophet is reported to have said shortly, the prophet, no, that's not what he was reported to have said, the prophet, peace be upon him, was reported to have said that the strong is not the one who can knock someone down, the strong is the one who can control himself. Might, it goes back to this idea that we have to be dominant and triumphalist, and then the focus here on love as opposed to duty, love for yourself, love for your society, love for your people, love for the creator. Service, civic engagement, leadership. More of the same points or similar, concept, uh, similar ideas, focusing service versus conquest, which I've already spoken about, responsibility to society as opposed to global imperialism. Me speaking as a kid from Chicago, how much is imperialism relevant to what I do? Not very much except in the classroom. But what is it that I can provide for society is my, my search in life. Culture of excellence versus culture of mediocrity. Oh, it's kind of perfect that I misspelled <laughs> mediocrity. But the prophet is reported to have said that a Muslim seeks perfection in everything that he or she does. And so that in itself also requires a standard. That is also focused on getting a standard for the young person to aspire to, that you are not worth less than excellence in the work that you do. You have to think that's everything. Okay, well thank you very much for your time. I hope it was coherent.